They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am Chad, and our episode today is brought to you by Bombas, the mind-blowing athletic leisure sock with a mission to help those in need. And with Bombas, you got to always be better. And with that being said, I'd like to welcome in my tag team partner, Mr. Primetime John Paz. John, how are you? Doing pretty good, Chad. How you doing, buddy? Doing very well. In prime time, our guest on the program today is legendary writer, comedian, producer, and director, and the author of Andy Kaufman, The Truth Finally, the great Bob Zamuda, quite possibly my favorite get that we've ever had for this show because, man, oh, man, I've been an Andy Kaufman fan, and I guess uh, a Bob Zamuda fan as well, because of how much I like Andy Kaufman for years. And what an awesome and very, very detailed discussion we had with Bob Zamuda. Oh, boy, yeah. Very, very detailed. He was awesome, though. He was uh, so much fun. And uh, he, I mean, when he tells his story, you feel like you're literally 1982 in Memphis with Andy Kaufman, with him. Oh, yeah. You know, going through the match, going through the story, going through the pal driver, going through the neck brace, going through the hospital. I mean, it was just crazy how detailed he was, but great stories. He was just an awesome get and an awesome guest. Um, still kind of reeling over it. It was a great, great interview. Yeah, it was so cool, and you're 100% right. I mean, he, he talks in great detail, and from the start to the finish, and as we recorded the interview... Uh, you know, we discussed that it was on the date the Jerry the King Lawler DVD was released by WWE, and it was the day before the final David Letterman uh, show will be airing, which actually would would have been last night by the time this is released. But um, it's literally start to finish, and all the stuff in between about the slap on the David Letterman show, but you just feel like you're sitting right there because he just gives you every intricate detail and I don't mean to put you on the spot with this question but what what's the best thing that he said what, what was your what was your standout moment you know what I, I, I don't know if I could pick just one because he, he was so good but I don't know it was kind of it was kind of funny but it was kind of uh, weird in, in a way too but I thought overall it was very very funny but, I mean, obviously, I love the Jerry Lowe and I love the Memphis stuff. But when he was talking about, like, the psychology of wrestling the woman, or the women, excuse me, and, and the thought process behind it and Andy's thoughts on wrestling women and <laughs> and the funny stories he tells and the detail he gives about those stories, I think that might have been my favorite part. It was so intriguing and so interesting and also a little bit weird how <laughs> in-depth, you know, Andy Coffin was about wrestling women. But it's so cool because it was such a funny gimmick and you could tell the fans absolutely hated it and hated him and and the women really wanted to beat him up so i think that might have been uh if you put me on the spot i think that's uh possibly my favorite part yeah that's uh that is towards the end of the interview um and uh mr zamuda's uh, whole entire uh delivery changes while he tells that story and it caught me off guard because i was just fascinated by what the guy was talking about and it was uh, it was really cool, and I guess we can really preface this by also saying that this is going to be a part one, um, and there will be a part two where we're going to get into the book a lot deeper um, because we really just scratched the surface with the Andy Kaufman, David Letterman, and Memphis wrestling stuff. We didn't really even get a chance to kind of 
dig into a few of his theories about Andy. Uh, I kind of touched on it, but, and even, you know, I guess more from the wrestling point of view, there's even more I feel like we can pull uh, with Bob Zamuda. Um, but it was just, uh, it was so cool. And uh, definitely, definitely uh, quite interesting uh, what he thinks about uh, the final David Letterman show that'll be uh, coming out, uh, I guess, really last night when this comes out, but the day before, right? Well, what did you say? His comments about what could happen on David Letterman? Ooh, that might be the most intriguing of all the things that he said, that the final Letterman and how uh, David Letterman came out and said that his favorite guest of all time was Andy Kaufman. Hmm. And with mm. the book, Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally, that Bob Zemuda just wrote, and mm. what it entails and what it's all about, could be very interesting. You may want to tune in to David Letterman and possibly see the greatest thing that could ever happen in the history of show business. Possibly, yes. And let's also mention, too, the book is also co-written by the love of Andy's life, Lynn Margulies, who was uh, you know, with Andy for the final years of his life, supposedly. Um you know, once again, Bob has his theories, and uh, the book definitely uh, gives you a few possibilities as to what, you know, did happen to Andy Kaufman. Actually, it's almost been a year. It's probably been about eight months since the uh, weird uh, current events of a supposed daughter of Andy Kaufman coming forward at one of the uh, Andy Kaufman memorial shows uh, in 2014 where uh, his brother Michael was actually uh, – you know, believing that this could be Andy's daughter because uh, she would have been born after his death. And, uh, man, oh, man, it's just like this one guy, you know, such a polarizing uh, figure in the world of uh, comedy and entertainment, but I guess he really translates very well into our world here on this show as well. And you got to love it. Andy Kaufman, if you really think about it, he's one of the greatest. Obviously, he doesn't call himself a comedian, but I guess you can say he's one of the greatest comedians of all time even though he doesn't consider himself one, I, I mean, I, I basically do, but I also think he's one of the greatest personalities in the history of the wrestling business. He's just so funny, and the, his promos were great, and obviously Zamuda played a big part since he wrote, you know, ha- half wrote them with um, with Andy. So I just, and uh, if he is alive, as Bob Zamuda does say, if Andy Kaufman is still alive, it is the greatest hoax, the greatest ruse in the history of the world. Without a doubt, totally. So grab your milk and cookies, and if you find us uh, not that entertaining, a copy of The Great Gatsby, which is uh, Andy's calling card for when he did not like a crowd at one of his uh, his shows, and uh, sit back and enjoy Bob Zamuda. So now let's kind of transition over. We're a few weeks away from the big Eternal Tranquility Benefit, the Glen Kelly Real Estate uh, sponsored event at the Beachcomber, June 13th. Live Seaside Heights, New Jersey. The two-man power trip of wrestling will be broadcasting live for about two hours. Uh, hoping to have a couple guests come on. But we will be having at the Pro Wrestling Tees two-man power trip of wrestling uh, podcast booth at this event, the Eternal Tranquility event. Former ECW world champion Justin Credible, he'll be doing his thing alongside of us, and hopefully he'll come on, say a couple of... Uh, uh, maybe share a couple of memories with some of the other folks that'll be in attendance, like Kurt Angle, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake Roberts, The Million Dollar Man, Tito Santana, Tatanka, Lita, Sonny. It's, uh, it's a hell of a list, and it's going to be a great event. And primetime, if you want to share some other details, you sure as hell can, but please tell the fine folks where they can find the two-man power trip of wrestling. Oh, yeah, really looking forward to the Glen Kelly big show on 613 in Seaside, New Jersey. Of course, like you said, Just Incredible will be with us. Of course, the table will be brought to you by and sponsored by Pro Wrestling Tees. Please go to ProWrestlingTees.com for all your wrestling needs. And now, the two-man power trip obligatory plugs. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review. Give us some feedback on what you think of the show. Be greatly appreciated. Also, check us out on Facebook, Two Man Power Trip. You can like us there. Also on the Twitter machine at Rasslin Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. Also our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. There's always some 
fun stuff on there, some good stuff. And, hey, even use our Amazon link for all your Amazon shopping. That would be great. Get a little bit of kickback from that. So that would be great. Also, please cannot forget about the greatest sock in the history of the world, the Bombas. That's right, bombas.com slash T-M-P-T-O-W. That is bombas.com slash T-M-P-T-O-W. You get 20% off your order. And besides that, also, for every pair donated, excuse me, for every pair purchased, one pair is donated. So every time you buy a pair of socks, one will be donated to the homeless. And socks are the number one requested item down at the homeless shelter. So you will be really being a huge help. So not only do you get the greatest sock in the history of the world, you're also helping the homeless. And don't forget now, Bombas is now in solids. Remember all those crazy, wacky, awesome colors? Well, now they have them in solids as well. And I know I just picked up, because I only wear black socks, so I just picked up a bunch of Bombas in all black. So I suggest you do the same and help the homeless. So again, that is bombas.com slash T-M-P-T-O-W, all lowercase, for 20% off your order. And folks, you're going to enjoy this one, the legendary, the man, basically, one of the greatest writers, comedians in history, Andy Kaufman's best friend, Bob Samuda. Enjoy the show. Correct. Yes, Paul and, uh, plays me, and Jim Carrey plays uh, Andy, right? Right, and we will, uh, and at the end too, we'll also get you know one big plug out for everything uh, that cool. you got going on. Good, good, good. Thank you, my friend. All right. Tonight, the two-man power trip of wrestling welcomes its most unique guest to date. He's a man who, as the collaborator and writer for comedian Andy Kaufman, helped bring professional wrestling to heights beyond belief with the knack to pull off a con. And for the first time ever, the two people who knew Andy Kaufman best open up about the most enigmatic artist of our generation in the book, Andy Kaufman, The Truth Finally. And at this time, it's our sincere pleasure to welcome in one half of the writing duo of that book, the legendary Bob Zamuda. Mr. Zamuda, thank you for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Happy to be on the show, guys. Well, it's kind of uh, funny when we, you know, penciled you in to talk and we looked at the dates. There's two very ironic things happening that also revolve around your world, which we are going to get into quite deeply in your relationship with uh, Andy Kaufman. And that is, today marks the release of the first ever full-length documentary for Jerry the King Lawler to be released on DVD, and also tomorrow being the final edition of Late Night with David Letterman, two personalities with whom tie into Andy Kaufman very, very well. So I guess what we can just kind of start off with is bring us back to what it was like being on that stage that night, Andy Kaufman, David Letterman, one of the most famous segments in the history of television, and the atmosphere after that slap crossed Andy Kaufman's face. Well, it was it was the slap heard around the world. But before I get into that, did you were you watching? And let, yeah, Letterman's last night is uh, Wednesday. Um, here's what's amazing. Did you see a couple nights ago when? Um, Oh, uh, the the shock jock, uh, what's his name? Uh, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Did you see Howard Stern on the show with Letterman? Did not see it. John, did well, you this see is it? Wild. I only heard well, this, it. Well, this is wild because Stern, and this was just a couple of days ago, said to David, said, David, you've been on the air now 33 years. You've had every imaginable performer and celebrity on this on your show. I have to ask you, and I want you to be totally honest and don't say me, this was Howard Stern talking, who was the greatest guest you ever had? And without even taking a pause, David Letterman said, oh, that's easy. The greatest guest that ever appeared on this show was Andy Kaufman. So he just said this about 48 hours ago. So this, right. this is really mind-boggling. This is a really great uh, testament to Andy Kaufman and how Andy Kaufman's work uh, – affected uh, 
David Letterman's career in such a big way, which we could get into a little later. But back to the slap that was heard around the world. And this is one of the reasons why uh, why Letterman loved Kaufman and to have Kaufman on the show, because he never knew what Andy was going to do, but he knew it would be exciting and that people would be talking about it the next day. And that day, and just to give uh, the listeners a little background, you know, Andy Kaufman had started wrestling women, and he was going around. We'd go around the country, and I was, by the way, I was Andy's writer for ten years, and I produced all of his, all of his shows, all of his concerts during that that ten year period. Also, so we did a lot of college campuses, and we started doing. Andy started wrestling women mainly as a way to meet women, and huh. to bed them is the main reason why he did it. <laughs> But it really, at the time, it really got the the women and the women's lib movement was really very big back then. And it really pissed off a lot of women that Andy was doing this because he was basically playing the bad guy wrestler. You women, you stay in the kitchen where you belong. Scrub the pots and pans. Leave the thinking to us, the men, you know. And that's the kind of bit he would do. And, and, and we would look at it and laugh because close to wrestling, we realized that the, the wrestlers are some of the greatest stand-up comedians out there. You know, this is funny stuff, the way they brutalize each other. But people who weren't familiar then with, 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 with wrestling, uh, especially back then when it was, was perceived as very real, you now it's more soap opera than it was back then, uh, you know, it, it, as you know, it changed. Uh, mm-hmm. th- they really believed it. Many people, many of these women, and Andy would be like, I can't believe women are really believing this, that they believe this bad guy character I'm playing. And uh, and, and some of Andy's management and, and, and some people he knew would say, Andy, I, I tone it down. And, you know, and Andy goes, are you fooling? This is great. They're really beginning to hate me. So anyway, it finally got to Jerry Lawler, that uh, and everybody knew it was time for Andy to to shut up and finally wrestle a man. So Jerry Lawler wanted to wrestle him, and of course, uh, to make a long story short, uh, Andy finally did and finally went to the uh, the Memphis uh, Coliseum where he uh, wrestled uh, Jerry the King Lawler. And now Andy was trying to get in contact with Jerry before the match. Uh, he did not know Jerry Lawler. He was getting and going to get in contact with him, and Jerry would not uh, take Andy's phone calls or any kind of correspondence. And it wasn't until the morning of the match in Memphis that Jerry had a uh, television show on, on Saturday morning, and uh, so the uh, promoter said, "Well, Andy, if we get you on the show, you'll meet Jerry that day, right before the match." So. We went there to the studio, and there was Jerry Lawler, and Andy put his hand out and uh, said, uh, Jerry, I, you know, it's a pleasure meeting you. Put his hand out. Uh, Jerry would not shake his hand. He kind of did a hocker, spit on the ground, and said, I don't like Jews. Oh, and geez. at that point, <laughs> Andy and I and George Shapiro, Andy's manager at the time, we went, Wow. This guy is going to kill Andy tonight in this wrestling match. He's going to kill him. We've obviously got sucked into this, you know, as, as a promotional thing. And Jerry's going to, because nobody knew that much about, you know, the, the rest of the world, you know, this, you know, wrestling had not taken off yet in a big way at all, you know. So nobody, you know, you know, even the producers of Saturday Night Live said. Andy, this is a low low art form. Uh, not many people, you know, kind of trailer park trash are the only people who are into this, you know. And and Andy loved it, and so that was it. And that day, that night, we went to the Coliseum, and uh, well, right before that, uh, we had tried to talk Andy and said, Andy, you got to get out of this, and uh, the guy's really going to hurt you. He's going to hurt you because he, he knows it's going to make a big splash in the media. you know. And remember, at the time, it didn't help any that Andy had been putting Jerry and the entire South down. The right. Tickets at first weren't going well, so the promoter uh, said, Andy, we need some heat for the match. Tickets aren't going at all. Can you make some videos for us? 
that will air on the Saturday morning wrestling show. Uh, and, and he said, well, what kind of stuff? He said, well, kind of get the, you know, get the, the, the crowd going, get them to hate you. So Andy made, uh, we made a series of these, <laughs> these videos. One would be Andy would have like a bar of soap. Say, hi, I'm Andy Coffin. You know me as a major star from Hollywood. I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. Is that how they talk down there? Neck of the woods. And I, I'm going to be down there. And I'm sure, because I'm such a big star, that you're going to want my autograph and photo. And I'm willing to do it. I will give you my autograph. But uh, I, I hear there's a cleanliness, a hygiene problem in the South. So I really ask, uh, before you shake my hand, there's a product we've been using in the North for, for a long time now. It's called SOAP, S-O-A-P. <laughs> Say it with me. So, you know, and so this is the kind of stuff. And, and then we did that and send that in. <laughs> the promoter said, oh, Andy, keep sending these in. So next week, Andy and I made another one. This time he says, it's kind of the same setup. And then he said, you know, there's a stench in the South. because But there's a product that we've been using. It's always the North and South, you know. There's a product we've been using up North for many years now. It's called toilet paper. And a few folks in the South began to use this product that we've been using for a number of years. You wouldn't have this stench in the air, you know. And, well, people are listing this. So by the time Andy and I came to Memphis, and I remember we were staying at the uh, – they, they booked us at some hotel. And when we walked into the lobby hotel into the front desk, the front desk said we couldn't stay there because they had gotten like a half dozen bomb threats. So we had to stay at somebody's private house, you know, and like I said, that morning, uh, Jerry Lawler wouldn't give him the time of day. So Andy was said, okay, what we'll do, this is too dangerous, let's just pull the plug on, on the match. And George said, okay, Andy, but you realize if we do this, you're going to lose $30,000. Because the promoter was furious. He said, what are you talking about? We're sold out, you know? And the guy said, read the contract. And it was true. In the contract, if Andy would have walked away now, tickets were sold, you know, that this guy was going to take a bath. He said, you can write me a check for $30,000, and we'll cancel the match. Well, $30,000 back then was like probably $300,000 now. And this was Andy's personal money that he'd have to pay. So uh, we got the lawyer on the phone. He looked at the contract and, and, and said, no, you're, you're going to have to pay this money. You know, and then, but there was one loophole. Is and you guys know this: a match is legal after one minute. So if Andy could go in the ring and run away from Jerry Lawler for one minute, just stay away from him. And after one minute, that's it. Uh, then Andy, the match would be is a legal match. Of course, Lawler would have won because Andy would have forfeited. But at least as far as the as the money paid for the gig he wouldn't have to pay the $30,000. So Andy said, well, let's do that. And George and I, George Shapiro was Andy's manager, of course, who in the movie Man on the Moon, uh, Danny DeVito plays, and Paul Giamatti, as you know, plays me. So we were telling him, okay, just stay away from him. Stay away from him. And, of course, the night came. Now, by the time we came into the Memphis Coliseum, people had hated Andy so much because of these, these videos that he made. They brought us in with a Memphis, Memphis SWAT team. Eight members with shields and helmets is the only way we could come from the back dressing room to the, the uh, until the wrestling ring was with the SWAT team. People were throwing so much. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I was scared. I was really scared. We were walking down the aisle, and, and people were going, kill the Jew! Kill the Jew! <laughs> I'm going, oh, my God, what did we get ourselves into? You know, and I could see Andy was nervous. You know, and Andy was brave as all hell. But we were, man, we were in some place we shouldn't have been, you know. And finally, the SWAT team brought us to the front, and, of course, uh, the match started. And for 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 a long time, Andy just started running away from Jerry Lawler. Now, Jerry did a very interesting thing. He put his hands behind his, he stood in the middle of the ring, he put his hands behind his back, and he said, Andy. And his voice changed, and he was real nice to Andy, you know, because the crowd was screaming. So you couldn't hear this much, but you could hear if you were there, if you were close enough, you could. And, and Jerry was saying, Andy, it's okay. 
come, come and put your, put me in a headlock. So now Andy starts thinking, hey, Jerry's playing ball. He's a professional. We're going to put on a nice, safe match for everybody, you know. And uh, and and I didn't buy it. I, I'm going. This is no. There's too much press out there. If Lawler hurts Kaufman, you know. And and by now the media knew everybody. All the women were sick. The the, the, the regular media was sick of Andy actually doing this wrestling. It wasn't good for his career or anything. So he puts he get puts Jerry in a headlock. Jerry's arms are behind his back. And then Andy starts acting. He's like, good, he's got him in a headlock and he's grimacing, you know. And Jerry, behind Andy's back, loosens his hands. And for the audience, he puts up his hand in the number one and then two. So they know on three, Jerry's going to do something. On the count of three, Jerry moves his hands. He lifts up Kaufman. And he throws him to the ground, crazy. Then he picks Andy up, and he gives him the most illegal move in wrestling, the pile driver, which you know is an illegal move, and people have broken their necks with this. And he takes Kaufman, and he gives him a pile driver, which is basically for people listening. If you don't know what that is, it's where you pick your opponent up, you hold it, you pick him up upside down, you lift him in the air, you jump in the air yourself, his head is, is between your legs, and you pile his head and neck straight into the mat with all your force. He knocked Kaufman out cold. The place, the bloodletting people were out of their minds. Kaufman was knocked out cold. I tried to get into the ring. It was bedlam. The, everybody stopped. Even everybody, on, all the professionals around, realized this was bad. And then Jerry the Pig Lawler picks up my buddy again, who's unconscious, and gives him another pile driver into the mat. At this point, the match was called. I don't think that match lasted more than a minute and a half or two minutes. That was it. Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler had done his dirt, and at this point, this was a serious, and you know, when there's a serious neck injury, what happened is they brought the ambulance in and backed it. It took a while. It took about 15 minutes for an ambulance to get there, and they brought it right, backed it right into the Coliseum and right up to the ring, and they took one of those uh, special uh, gurneys you know, that, that they slide under you because if, if somebody had some back injury because they don't even want to pick him up. They want to slide this under you. And Kaufman was out cold. They put him on that in that, and he was taken uh, to the uh, the Memphis hospital, the same hospital that Elvis Presley died in. Now, what was interesting, when the by the time uh, the, the ambulance got there, Bedlam had broken loose. Uh, it was total chaos. People were cheering. It was very anti-Semitic, is all I could say. It was scary as all hell. And when and Kaufman had brought a girlfriend with him, and George Shapiro was there as manager, and myself. And when he was loaded into the ambulance, George, the girlfriend went in first, then George Shapiro, his manager. I was about to step in to the ambulance. And the ambulance uh, uh, operator said, no, only two family members can get in. And they closed the doors and left me there when the ambulance left. Now that the big star, Andy Kaufman, was gone, the Memphis, Memphis SWAT team had also left. Now, all these people, you had thousands of people who were out of their mind with this bloodlust now, uh, Kaufman was knocked out cold. He was taken to the hospital. I am standing there alone, and people start yelling, that's his buddy. That's the Jew's buddy. You know, and now I, unprotective, have to make myself, walk myself down the aisle back to the dressing room where all my stuff is so I could get the hell out of there. And that was a lo- it was the longest walk I had to do in my life. And I realized I wasn't going to make it alive. 
there was such hatred. Like I said, the bloodlust had run. You know, people had tasted blood. Uh, I was going to be another victim here. And I did, uh, I, I, what I did, and I'm not a big guy, you know, and I started, walk, I started walking back and I realized, oh, this is not good because everybody spotted me. And I said, you better do something smart, Zamuda. So what I did, I looked for the biggest guy I could see. And I walked right up to him, and I made believe I was Buddy Rogers or something, and I slapped this guy as hard as I can in the face. And this big guy, and he was shocked, and everybody was so shocked by my behavior, and I was acting. I was acting like a brute that I was able to kind of swagger back to the dressing room without any anybody con- confronting me. They, they just thought, this guy's nuts. Once I got in the dressing room, I locked the doors and I crawled out the window and took a cab over to the Memphis uh, hospital where Kaufman was. Now, to get to what you're talking about, the Letterman moment. So this was it. So now Andy was in the hospital. They did x-rays. He had sprained his neck very badly. Uh, he was there for a number of days. And uh, finally, uh, they, they said he was going to be okay. He had to watch his neck. He had a terrible sprain. He could have had a broken neck. I don't think Jerry Lawler would have cared. And I think Jerry was kind of even shocked that he didn't have a broken neck. And then uh, Andy wore a neck brace for the next uh, six months. So this all went on, and it made oh, it made the papers all across the country. It was probably the biggest item that ever even made the sports. It not just made the front, the, the the theatrical page, it or the front pages, but it made the sports page all across the country. It was a huge story. Jerry Lawler got what he wanted, and in a way, Andy Kaufman what he got what he wanted, and it really, for the first time, took this 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 uh, professional wrestling studio wrestling and and really gave it its biggest hit yet so of course back to david letterman letterman had seen this he had had andy on the show many times so letterman uh called up uh or his people called up uh andy's management uh they ca- called up jerry lawler's uh management and they said hey look and this was months this was a while afterwards and they said look andy would you be willing to go on David Letterman's show and bury the hatchet with Jerry Lawler? And Jerry will, will also apologize to you for his behavior on the air. Uh, David, with, David thinks it would make for great television because after to bring these two you know opponents together. Excuse me, I just took a drink here. So Andy said, "Why not?" You know. So we all went to New York and. Uh, to the Ed Sullivan Theater, and uh, of course, uh, uh, Andy uh, David had Andy and Jerry come out and sit there, and uh, Letterman had shown the clip from Memphis of the injury and everything else, and everything was kind of going nice, and uh, you know because everybody understood that there was going to be you know that they were both going to apologize to each other, and even Andy who had had the neck brace on and he was. He was still, you know, and he he admitted to David that he probably uh, it was a mistake to uh, to ever wrestle a man, and that in fact uh, he learned his his lesson and he wasn't going to wrestle anymore, you know, and uh, and then of course David asked uh, Jerry to apologize, and that's when it got a little strange, you know, and Jerry was him hawing around and you know, and then. Slowly, uh, it was just like it was a mistake, them both getting together again like this. It didn't take much for it just to get into a, a shouting match again. You know, uh, and I remember Andy's dad was in the wings. He always wanted to, to, to sue Jerry Lawler for it, you know. And one thing led to another, and I he, he kind of hinted, uh, Jerry kind of hinted that Andy wasn't, a, you know, he said something. Oh, yeah, Andy said, oh, you know, why don't you just apologize like, like a man? And uh, and Jerry said something like a man, like like you're a man, kind of kind of insinuating that he might have been gay or something. And that was it. And uh, the next thing, Andy started yelling at him, and Jerry couldn't take it and got up 
we all thought Jerry was just going to leave. And I don't know what got into him, but Jerry, once again, looking for publicity, got up and he just put his arm back and he just let it go. And he slapped Andy right out of that chair. If you ever see the slap, it's really quite amazing. And that was it. Uh, I mean, this this you know this was a live show. Everybody went crazy. Uh, immediately, security ran in there. The camera operators they didn't know what to do. Letterman jumped up out of his desk, you know, and and Coffin, you know, and, and, and Coffin just ran off. And then Coffin came back in, and he had grabbed. He he was so upset. And Andy would never swore. Would never say a, a bad word in his life. Andy started swearing like a like a sailor, you know. Of course, of course, they beeped it, you know, for bleeped it for for TV. But and and then you know and, you know Letterman always had that that cup of coffee there that he would drink a hot cup of coffee. Andy picks up the coffee, cough the hot cup of steaming coffee, and throws it straight into Lawler's face, and that's it. Lawler goes crazy, and Bedlam. They they just broke the commercial. Security came in. And uh, and of course, the next day, everybody in America was talking about it around the water cooler. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome, awesome moment. That, that was a great, great story there. But with Jerry Lawler's DVD coming out, um, that the WWE actually just put out, it came out today, also talking about Letterman. Andy Kaufman, of course, is a huge feature on the DVD. And like you mentioned, those funny promos that was uh, that Jerry was talking about on the DVD, with you know the soap promo, the the toilet paper promo. And was that you coming up with it, or you and Andy coming up with it, the ideas for the well, promo together? Us. Both of us, yeah, both of us. You know, we were like we were partners in crime. You know, so we, you know, I was Andy's writer, his only writer. I stayed behind the state the the scenes for many years, and and not to let anybody know that. But yeah, this stuff was was you know we would give a lot of thought to it, and how to stir people up and and how to do these elaborate uh, put on. Am I interviewed in the in the DVD you saw? I actually I didn't watch it. I just watched the preview of it, and the preview oh, okay, of it good, literally good. just focused okay. on Andy Kaufman. It was it was funny, but it was yeah. kind of cool. Like I was like, oh look at this preview, but it it was just on Andy. It was pretty cool. Well, you know what's what's crazy about all this is what's today's date? The Today 18th. is May nineteenth. Yep. 19th. Well, May 16th, last Saturday, was the 31st of anniversary of Andy Kaufman's supposed death. That was just Saturday. And like I said, uh, just a couple nights ago was when Letterman started talking about Kaufman as his favorite guest. And now you could see why. So you could see what the ratings of what that did for the Letterman show. So everybody loved so Kaufman, you know uh, you know Letterman just loved having Andy on his show because the tune-in would just go over the top and of course uh, after that Andy really you know he saw the power of of, of wrestling and how the uh, the it, it, it just captured the imagination of the American public so he begged he would beg. Um, uh, Lauren Michaels and uh, um, Dick Ebersol, the producers of SNL, to uh, to do more of him wrestling on TV again on the show, and uh, they didn't want to do it. But what was so funny is years later, after Andy's supposed death, it was Dick Ebersol, the co-producer of SNL, who actually that who told Andy, quote. Wrestling is never going to take off. It's a lowbrow, uh, you know. It's, it's a lowbrow form of entertainment. Andy will never take off, and then and yet Ebersol would go on to become the executive producer of the main event on NBC, you know, with, with the wrestling. So he embraced it. But it really was, uh, you know, just to give, give a little time frame to this. It really wasn't until Cindy Lauper, uh, you know, did uh, girls just want to have fun? And put put Lou Albano uh, at playing her father in that video, you know, and that really got the attention uh, that brought attention to the wrestling. Who's this Lou Albano and whatnot? And then, of course, uh, uh, the rest was history, you know. When um, when uh, what's his name? Uh, 
you know, started building the franchise of Vince WWF. McMahon. Vince McMahon, of course, you know. And then Andy had talked, to, you know, had, had talked, you know, we had gone, uh, and I remember we had talked to, to Vince McMahon a few times of trying to get, uh, trying to get a bout between Jerry Lawler and, uh, and Andy Kaufman. But uh, um, Vince wanted to stay away from Hollywood, you know. And even though Andy was in Hollywood, he was the anti-hero, the anti-Hollywood guy. It, he never, it never happened. And which was, it was, you know, and, and Andy would have just loved that if, if that would have, you know, but, but it's good to know now at 31 years, like I said, after his supposed death, that we look back now and realize what, an, as you guys know, what a major influence uh, Andy Kaufman was not, not only uh, his, Andy's influence in the world of comedy, but also in the world of wrestling. Now, with the book, obviously, Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally, and we're talking about David Letterman, and obviously he's going off the air very, very soon. Is it any chance possible that his favorite guest of all time, Andy Kaufman, could be his final guest? It is possible, and and a few people have called me on this because in the book I suggest that Andy Kaufman did fake his death. Uh, I know this for a fact because I helped him do it uh, 30 years ago, and Andy said he would come back 30 years later. So uh, we'll see. It was very odd that, uh, you know, uh, it was very odd that, uh, that that Letterman went out of his way to mention this the other day, that this was his favorite guest. And we know what Letterman's doing, been doing for the last couple of weeks is having his favorite guest on. So wouldn't that be the moment? Wouldn't that be the biggest moment? Uh, I know nothing about it if it does take place. Uh, like I said, a few people have called me, emails and everything else. Uh, a couple of people have kind of put two and two together and go, I, they think that's going to happen. It would be wonderful if it did. I know and I believe truly that Andy's bat, bat, is is alive. He has not contacted me in 30 years. And like I said, I was his best friend and writer. And that was the agreement, that he was to go underground forever, but come back 30 years later. So we'll see if this is it. That would be awesome, and I mean that would be utterly. It, it would be the if it, it would be the biggest story in show business, and it would be the biggest ending. You couldn't get a better ending to the David Letterman show. No, definitely not. That would be awesome. Do you? Uh, if we can go back to wrestling for a second here, do you have a favorite Andy Kaufman maybe promo or favorite favorite Andy Kaufman moment in wrestling that he had? Um, a favorite wrestling moment in wrestling. God, there were so many. Remember, we would what we would do. Well, to me, well, to me personally, yes, the favorite moment would be when he was wrestling the women. And like I said, this kind of all started. It was Andy's. This is how the, the, the whole wrestling thing started. First of all, Andy, as a little boy, uh, his first theatrical experience was actually professional wrestling. His grandma, you know, Andy came from a fairly well-to-do family out in Great Neck, uh, Long Island. And his grandma, at times, would bring him to New York City. But instead of taking him to Broadway shows, the grandma was a, was a huge wrestling fan. And she would take him to Madison Square Garden to see these giants of wrestling. You know, uh, Haystacks Calhoun, Buddy Rogers, you know, and... and uh, uh, you know, just 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 these amazing names. So to a little young Andy who's eight nine years old, watching this and these thousands of people cheering and whatnot, to him this was live theater, this was real, and at that moment Andy said to himself, "This is what I want to do. You know, I want to do something where I'm a performer and I could have this effect on this many of thousands of thousands of people." And that really was the influence in Andy Kaufman's life as far as wanting to be a performer. So years later, when I started writing for Andy, about four years in, like I said, I wrote for him for 10 years, Andy's birth, now he was, by now he was already on, on, on the TV sitcom Taxi and making some pretty good money. His birthday was going coming up, and I'm going, well, what am I going to get him? The guy's got more money than, than, than he needs. And yet, uh, what am I going to get him? So I said, I've got to be clever. 
And I noticed one day, I went over to Andy's house, and uh, unexpected, and uh, I saw his car was in front of the house, and the shades were drawn. I'm going, well, this is kind of weird, you know. And I, 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 you know, I called, and there was no answer. I, I knew he was home because his car was there, and I knew he, was, he wasn't out of town. I'm knocking on his door. And I could hear some rustling, some, some rustling inside. So I knew he was there. I said, "Andy, I know you're in there." He finally came to the door, and he he looked all and and, and it was totally dark in the house. And he, I said, are you, "You got a girl in there?" He says, "No, no, 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 no." And he was acting so weird. I said, "Andy, what's going on?" And I'm your best friend. What's 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 wrong? What's, he says, "Well, he says, Muda, you can't tell anybody this. Come on in." And he, he lets me in the house. It's like you know, one in the afternoon, and he's got all the wind, all the, everything closed up, and he says, "I'm going to show you something, but you kind of promise you'll never tell anybody about this." I didn't know what it was. So, now this was before like porno videos. You know, you had the videos back then. If there was any kind of porno or anything, people had these eight millimeter, you know, spindle things, and with, you know, with a little like like was like like a flashlight attached to it. And that's how you'd watch these little pornos, you know, which was all kind of new to people. There was no, this was before, I'm really dating myself here, but this was before, you know, home video. And certainly before the Internet. So I figured, oh, my God. So he has me look through this little thing. It was this little 8-millimeter thing going around, and it was attached, like, to a flashlight. So you could see, and you look through this little thing. I'm going, oh, my God, what the hell is this going to be? And it was these two girls wrestling, but they weren't nude; they were like in uh in bathing suits and it this got him so erotically crazy you know that he that he thought that the police were going to come in and lock him up if they knew he was watching this, you know, like he was sitting or something. <laughs> it was so ridiculous, so <clears throat> a few months after that was his birthday, and I'm thinking. Oh, I know what I'll do. And then he started talking about these two girls that he knew, and he started fantasizing. They're friends of his. He had never been with them, but he would. He fantasized that that uh, he to see them wrestle in bikinis. So they didn't know what to get him for his birthday either. So I told him of this idea. So at his birthday party, which was a very clean, nice thing, his parents and sister and brother were there, you know. And I, it was the first time that I came out in a referee outfit came out and I and it is that and I had some wrestling mats come out and uh I brought them out and he's looking at me like what and I said Andy uh we're going to have a wrestling match for you and you're going to get the two girls have decided to wrestle each other and you're going to wrestle the winner well I we had these two girls come out in bikinis the two girls that he always wanted to be with sexually anyway that he never was and they wrestled each other and the girl who won, her name was Marilyn Rubin, and she was the fr- And then after that, Andy wrestled her right afterwards, and he was so excited about this. And that night, he was able to sleep and bed Marilyn Rubin. So he thought this was the greatest <laughs> birthday gift of all time. He was so excited about it. And it was so much fun for everybody who was sitting around watching this because you saw how much fun it was for him that we decided to start putting it in the act. So when we started playing college campuses, this was a big part of the show. And we would advertise this before we came to town. So when we came to town to put on the performances, uh, and we, we already said that the winner, if a girl could pin Andy Kaufman's shoulders, she'd win $500 at night. So the girls came prepared. They they come with their leotards to the, the Andy's concert. And then at a certain point, up halfway through the show, uh, we would bring out the wrestling mats. I would come on stage in my re- referee outfit with the money. And we would recreate what we did at Andy's house that day. And that's what started the whole thing. So you asked me, what was the greatest moment? So finally, Andy convinces Lauren Michaels to that to Andy to wrestle a woman on SNL. So we go on SNL, and I know now I'm the only one who knows the real secret. And the real secret is the reason Andy Kaufman wanted to wrestle women is because he wanted to bed them. 
and he thought, you know, it's it's like when you were like in high school, you you know, your first kiss or your first feel, you take the girl to the movie and you put her in in the darkness, you put your arm around her, you know, and then you reach and you grab her breasts or something, you know. So Andy always thought that wrestling, a woman broke down all that physicality and it was an easy once you res- wrestled them, it was an easy step next step to get into their pants. This was his way of looking at things. Well, when he invent so every time I knew this from from wrestling on the road with the girls, every time and if you remember how Andy Kaufman dressed for these wrestling matches, he were he was in these long johns and then he had a bathing suit on top of the long johns. Well what people didn't know is Andy would get so sexually excited and aroused during these wrestling match with these girls, that he would get an erection. So you asked me what was the most incredible moment of wrestling that I remember. It's when we did it on SNL because I'm thinking to myself. Now usually this is done in you know SNL with the cameras and close up. So I'm now terrified that Andy's going to pitch a tent on national TV. So what we would do, the process that we did every time he wrestled was this. Back in the dressing room, he would put on a jock strap. I would then take an entire roll of gaffer's tape, and I would tape him down. <laughs> then he would put the long johns on top of that, and then a loose-fitting bathing suit on uh, on top of the long johns. And we did this because I was terrified that, like I said, that he'd pitch a tent on national TV. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's definitely something to, uh, to to be afraid of. And, you know, you're talking about a long process to tape Andy up and uh, prepare him oh, to yeah. go on television. Oh, but yeah. that's, that's kind of going to segue a little bit into another question of mine about sure. another guy who takes, might take a little bit of time for him to get ready, and that's Tony Clifton, obviously. A great legendary personality what a what an act controversy uh just the raw emotion tony clifton elicits when he enters a room is uh is is quite the sight but let me ask this question this is kind of interesting and, and there's a lot of bad there's a lot of bad guy and andy of course of course created tony clifton the character the lounge lizard if people saw the movie man on the moon uh right. what we're talking about here is the lounge lizard character uh the cigarette smoker the booze drinker the womanizer foul mouth always getting in a fight with somebody abusing the audience and and even at that guy look at that that is so much cut out of the same mold of the bad guy wrestler right so, so yeah, the wrestling and that's influences, my, yeah my question was was going to be is that was there any chance or opportunity for Tony Clifton to make an appearance on SNL? At, no, uh, in the wrestling world, as you know, taking well, this, that heel well, persona to the next level. Well, this is something that we've talked about, and it's it's conversations that me and Jerry Lawler have had, it's been going on for years, and now so much with the uh, the time is coming, be and, and, and so great that this is out there now. There's been some talk of uh, of, of trying to get Jerry and uh, Tony Clifton uh, uh, together in some fashion. I can't give more details than that, but it's a conversation that has been going on. You're right; it's long overdue, you know. And uh, and uh, you know, of course, Tony is not a proficient. You know, Andy was actually a very good wrestler. What's what's really quite amazing is after Andy initially wrestled a girl on SNL, uh, it was so controversial and got, got people to write in. And Andy was convinced con- that, that Lorne Michaels and Dick Ebersol said, Andy, how about we do this? We got many letters that, that came in that, with, about you wrestling uh, the woman on SNL, and they said that they thought that she was a plant. So what we'd like to do is this. We'd like to have you wrestle another woman on on SNL, uh, Andy, but we want the we want to choose her. We don't want maybe Zmuda choosing her. It might be some setup. We will do it again. She will be our choice, not yours. Would you go along with that? And Andy, who would do everything to to promote uh, him wrestling, 
said, absolutely. So SNL, uh, they, they, add, they ran uh, little bits that, that women could write in letters and saying, why, would they, why did they want to wrestle Andy Kaufman? Matter of fact, Lynn Margulies came out with a book a few years ago uh, that's called uh, Andy, I Hate Your Guts, which is a compilation of all these different letters that were sent in of women who wanted to wrestle Andy. It's a great book. It's quite funny, you know, of why these women wanted to wrestle him. But so SNL, finally, uh, they decided on this woman to wrestle Andy. Well, I got to tell you, we were shocked because, and I can't think of her name now, because the woman, the girl that was chosen, and Andy had nothing to do this with this, was on SNL, was her father was the Olympic coach for wrestling. The Olympic coach. So this girl knew all the tricks, you know. Uh, she's a cute-looking girl, too, but she was strong. Her dad was, like I said, an Olympic coach, and she was convinced that she was going to pin Kaufman's shoulders down to the ground on SNL. And as a matter of fact, to make it even more exciting, and Andy, before knowing who the girl was, because Andy was figured he could wrestle any girl, you know, just because of his because what girl's going to know how to wrestle? And Andy knew all the wrestling moves. He had, like I said, brought up as a as a little boy. He could really wrestle. And uh, so we didn't know this until we got there to the studio, and they announced, and they brought the girl out. And uh, that's the time that, uh, and, and the girl was there. In her corner was her dad, the Olympic coach. In Andy's corner, of course, was the famed wrestler, uh, Buddy Rogers. And we also had to add to the excitement we had the NBC barber there with the barber chair. And if the girl was to pin Andy's uh, shoulders, she would not only get, I think it was $1,000 or something like that, but immediately Andy would be taken by security, put in the barber's chair, and his head would be shaved bald. So I don't know if you remember that, but it's a great clip to watch on SNL. And it was very exciting. And uh, the wrestling match started. And this girl gave Andy a real, you know, really put him through his thing. But at the end, eventually, Andy won out and pinned her shoulders to the ground. To the ground. But my point was this. But afterwards, uh, so Andy's head did not have to be shaved or anything. The girl was humiliated. But I, when I, in SNL, when I was leaving that night and I was walking down the hall, I ran into the girl's father, who was the Olympic coach, and he said something to me that I'll never forget. He says, I want to tell you something. Your boy Kaufman, he knows how to wrestle. And I said, yeah, he certainly does. So Andy was proud to hear that. So Andy Kaufman, even for all his antics and everything else, and as you know, these you do not, a 250-pound man does not get on that in that ring and jump up on that rope and balance on that and leap in the air and with his knee come down on his opponent's throat and not kill him. These guys are top athletes. They know what they're doing. Yep. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me for a second there. Yep. No doubt about that. And it's just unbelievable that uh, Andy was, you know, part of the wrestling business and he was such a big part of it. It was so legendary, and uh, just looking back now, I mean, 30 years later or so, I mean, it's just awesome stuff. But again, I just want to mention the book is Andy Kaufman, The Truth, Finally, by the legendary Bob Zamuda. Now, please just tell us where we can find more of you. Well, the book, of course, you in, in the you know, I get into all more, more of these stories and details about the truth, like the book is called The Truth uh, Behind All This. And uh, because, like I said, it's 30, 31 years now. I'm not getting any younger. And this book, I had written a book called Andy Kaufman Revealed, oh, God, uh, about 12 years ago when the movie came out, Man on the Moon. I was asked to write a book. Uh, this was the second book about Andy. But this one, this is where we finally, Lynn Margulies, and it's written by my co-writers, Lynn Margulies. Of course, she was Andy Kaufman's The Love of Andy's Life. Um Courtney Love plays her in the movie. And so we decided, hey, you know what? We're not getting any younger. God knows how long we'll be around. Let's finally tell the truth to the public. 
so her and I both uh, became very open. And you, if you want to really know what really the truth behind Andy Kaufman, it's it's all there in the book. As far as I'm concerned, what I'm doing, I'm uh, you know living my life, uh, like I said, and uh, I'm working on a few uh, movie scripts right now, and actually going to be producing a major Broadway musical. So there's there's a lot. I keep a lot of things going, but at the same time. Uh, uh, you just can't look. When I look back at my career, and as you know, be, besides uh, Andy's Kaufman's, uh, be, you know, when Andy Kaufman's supposed death triggered me to uh, put on a benefit uh, in his name for the American Cancer Society, and that became the prototype of a huge uh, fundraiser that I put together uh, called Comic Relief on HBO with uh, Robin Williams. Whoopi Goldberg and Billy Crystal. So for the last uh, 30 years, I've been the president and founder of Comic Relief, and we've raised over $90 million. So I stay quite active, and I've been very fortunate in my career, you know, just to meet about everyone and rub shoulders with every comedian out there because of Comic Relief and work closely with Robin, Whoopi, and Billy. And uh, But I must tell you, looking back, uh, there was nothing in my life that could compare to the time spent uh, with Andy Kaufman. And just like David Letterman said the other night, there was no greater one than him. Yeah, and 